Well, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Um, please be seated. I welcome you to uh, turn to this morning's text, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, verses 15 to 20, we'll look at. And as we prepare ourselves to, to read this, um, I want to think about time today as we come here today. Um, there are so many times where you'd wish that time would speed up. Uh, maybe the summer would just would, would hurry up already and, and be done and the heat would go and the cool breeze would come in. Or maybe you wish time would slow down um, a couple more weeks of summer for the students, a, a couple more weeks of just uh, enjoying what is before you. But I invite you all to just come this morning to, to settle your hearts um, and to enjoy this Lord's Day and prepare yourself as we read God's Word together. So let's read in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with, with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, your word is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow. It discerns the thoughts and intentions of our heart. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of each and every heart would be a blessing in your sight. Pray that you would illuminate the words that we dwell on this morning, that they would come with meaning and purpose into our life, that we would know and have confidence that your word is true, that we can be guided by it and find comfort in it. We ask that you would teach us something this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was in high school, I got my first job. I worked at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I went up and down the aisles and sold soda and popcorn and things like that. I loved going to the games, and every penny that I had went into my bank account. Every single penny. It was very exciting to, to have money, to make money. I was very nervous about spending money. I spent as little money as possible, and I think my wardrobe in high school proved that. <laughs> I thought I was being very responsible with my money that I had, but when I started dating my wife, Janae, in college, she pointed out that I wasn't being responsible, I was just really cheap. <laughs> and as we look at this passage this morning, have you ever noticed how money and time have so many things in common with each other? You can spend it, you can save it, you can waste it, you can share it, you can hoard it, you can lose it. We recognize how valuable time is in our life when we say things like, time is money. Time is valuable because once it's gone, it's gone, we can't get it back. 
I want to spend time with you. You have a limited amount of time in your life, and when you say, I want to spend it with you, you say, You're, you are important to me, I want to give some of it to you. When you give someone your time, you're saying that they are not cheap, that they're worth something. Take the highway, it'll save time. We try to save it like it's money. Don't waste my time. We can waste time like money. When we watch TV this week, maybe pay attention. You'd be surprised at how many commercials that you watch have either something to do with time or money. Saving time or saving money. These, these similar characteristics we can find in these verses that we read. Another translation of verse 15 and 16 I'd like to point out might say, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redemption involves a transaction, a sale of something involving the release of something or someone in exchange for some type of payment. A simple example might be if you go to the pet store and you go in there and you see this puppy in the window and you go up to the clerk and you say, I want that puppy, and you give the clerk money and that clerk goes and gets that puppy, brings it to you, you take it home, you give it a new name, you put a sweater on it, it is yours, it belongs to you. There was an exchange, the dog's release for your payment. That is redemption. Redemption always involves some kind of exchange. It is always costly to the person doing the redeeming. And you could determine the value of that thing being redeemed by the cost, by the price that was paid. And Jesus says in John chapter 8, if anyone has committed a sin... He is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The price for our redemption was his own life. And that means that we are valuable to him. There is no greater price that could have been paid for our release and our freedom than his very life. And so we are of the utmost importance and value to him. And because we belong to him, everything that we have belongs to him. We are told to be wise with our time and make the most of what we have. Our time belongs to him. Our treasure belongs to him. There's a show that I love on TV that I watch often when I get a chance, and it's called The Deadliest Catch. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch that. and It's a documentary of the lives of some fishermen who catch King Crab in the Bering Sea. And it is the most dangerous job, among the most dangerous jobs in the world, because it has almost a 100% injury rate. The fishermen encounter freezing temperatures, 40-foot waves, 80-mile-an-hour winds. The conditions are, of the sea are the worst that any fisherman will ever encounter. The, the captain always knows to map out his course, to plan weeks in advance where they will go, tracking the weather patterns, they never know what they will encounter as they go out in the sea. So the captain sits up high on this fishing boat in this box way above every, everything else. He's able to see his crew. He's able to see their work and to have a 180-degree view of everything out there. He's able to see the storm as it comes in and divert their course. He can recalculate and dodge bad weather. He does this so that they can stay on task, so that they can be safe, so that they can make the most of their time. 
And they would never set sail out on the sea without mapping their course, without preparing for the dangers that might come their way. And Paul tells us, the days are evil. Our task is to discern the will of God, to make the most of our time, to be wise with today. Redeeming our time takes a plan. We cannot know the temptations that might come our way during our day, but we can set our hearts and our minds prepared so that we can discern the will of God. When you start out the day with your heart and your mind set on Christ, you're better prepared to make the most of your day. You're better prepared to dodge storms that might come your way. You're better prepared to enjoy God in that day. The beautiful thing about redemption is that our redemption is not by accident, but a detailed plan of God set in place before the foundations of the earth and brought to reality in the perfect time. God's timing is perfect. He can make the most and best use of the time, and he is perfect in it. Wisdom is being a good steward of God's time. The, the first step to bad stewardship or bad use of time is to believe that time is ours to spend at our discretion. There's a book that I have read and enjoyed and read it twice called The Screwtape Letters. And this book is by C.S. Lewis. It's a collection of letters by a senior demon named Screwtape written to his demon in training, Wormwood. Wormwood is in charge of tempting this young Christian man and getting his focus off of his allegiance and loyalty and devotion to God. And in one letter, Screwtape gives Wormwood some coaching on how to rob this young Christian man of his time. I'll read for you his advice. He says this, Let him have the feeling that he starts each day as the lawful possessor of 24 hours, let him feel as a grievous tax that portion of his property which he has to make over to his employers, and as a generous donation that further portion which he allows to re religious duties. But what must he never be permitted to doubt is that the total from which these deductions have been made was his own personal birthright. You must therefore zealously guard in his mind the curious assumption that his time is his own. The steward does not own anything, but rather things are entrusted to him with great responsibility and will be held accountable for how we spend our time. There are circumstances that God uses to remind us that time is a gift, that time is not our own, but given to us to be wise over. If you've ever talked with somebody who has had a near-death experience, their whole perspective on life will change. Their whole perspective on time and good stewardship of time will dramatically be different. They will say, I want to do things differently with my time. I have wasted too much of it. Six years ago, I spent a week at Huachuca Oaks Baptist Camp with the Campus Crusade for Christ. I was there for a fall retreat, and on the last night, I stayed up every single minute of that night. I didn't go to sleep with the others. I stayed up and, and watched the sun come up and watched the, the deer running around. And, and we were ha I was hanging out with some, a couple friends. And I started to get a, I thought it would be a good idea to get a head start on the day, to beat everybody back into town. 
I got on the Interstate 90 and got comfortable in my car. I was with a friend, and before I knew it, I was asleep going 60 miles an hour down the highway. I rolled, off, uh, rolled my car into the ditch to the right and, and found myself upside down. My friend and I crawled out of the car unharmed, and we looked at the upside-down car, mangled, and we just stood there in silence. Over the next few weeks, my friend and I would, would often get together and talk about this event and, and approach it with such sober understanding. We talked about our lives and what God was doing with us, what he might want to do with us. I thought about my irresponsibility with, and my carelessness and falling asleep. I thought about my friends, my family, putting my friend in danger. I thought about how this experience made us aware that each day is a gift from God. You know, being a good steward with our time does not come easy because the days are evil, because there are temptations out there to take that time from us, from get our, getting our focus off of God's gift, getting our focus off of being a good steward of what God has given us. Everywhere we turn, there are opportunities to misuse God's time. Everything around us tends to mislead and misguide our affections, our thoughts, our hearts. The days are evil. Our passage, as we read this morning, also says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And included in this letter from Paul to the Ephesians and also in other letters to the Corinthians, he writes of many other behaviors that he warns us against, like drunkenness, anger, slander, sexual immorality, greed, rage, idolatry, foolish talk, gossip, and the list goes on and on and on. And so often as we look at these things in Scripture, we find ourselves saying, okay, these are the things that I'm not allowed to do. These are the things that I should keep from if I want to be a good Christian. These are the things that I should not do if I want to have a clear conscience. But instead of looking at these things as as things that you're not allowed to do if you're a Christian, look at them as things that literally rob you and I of our time that we could spend growing and maturing into the body of Christ, unified for the purpose of bringing glory to God in all that we do. We ought to walk not as people that do not know God, but people that belong to God, people that are His possession We have been given a new name. We have been purchased by the blood of Christ. We've been given a new heart. We've been given a new outfit. For we have been clothed with Christ. We are people that have been filled with His Spirit to, as we read in verse 19 through 20, to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a constant, there is a contrast between being drunk and being filled with wine that leads to foolish talk, foolish songs, and being filled with a spirit that leads to spiritual songs that we offer praises to God inwardly in our heart with our minds and our heart. The truth of our redemption is our bondage from sin gives us the ability to spend our time not in doubt or confusion, but in confidence of God's will for our life. To sing songs of praise when we meet together on the Lord's Day and other days. To sing not only from our lips, but from our heart. 
to be thankful in all we do, knowing that when that we do it, not wasting time, but we do it to build up one another and to make the most of our time. Confident knowing that as we go from day to day and relate to one another, that this time can be used by God in a beautiful way. There can be two people doing the exact same activity. One person can be wasting that time, and another person can be redeeming the time. Two people sitting right here this morning, one person could be wasting it. One person could be redeeming it. Giving thanks is the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives that allows us to give thanks in troubling circumstances. It's easy to redeem the time to make the most of opportunities before us when things are going according to plan in our lives, isn't it? It's easy to love the lovable. It is easy to not worry about money when you have a lot of it. It is easy to be excited and not anxious about your health when you are healthy. It is easy to redeem the time when things are going well. But it's hard to redeem the time to make the most of it in times of trouble when our circumstances brings us to confusion and anxiety. When things don't go as planned, giving thanks in the midst of our trouble and confusion is difficult. Our thanksgiving is a living sacrifice to God. It is a celebration of His steadfast love and kindness to us. Have you ever wondered how difficult it is to sing when you're having a hard day, when you're anxious, when you're bitter, when you're angry, when you're troubled in any way, when your self-esteem is low, when you're worrying? How hard is it to sing from your heart and to celebrate God's love in your life? It's very difficult. There's something about giving thanks to God that acts as a celebration. If there's any person in Scripture that had extreme highs and lows, who experienced seasons of plenty and seasons of need, it was King David. And yet his psalms are full of thanksgiving and praise to God. He was soberly aware of how easy it was to get his heart and his mind off track of God's steadfast love and, and consumed in the worries of the day. And it is these troubles that the enemy uses that he desires to take our eyes off of God and place them on our worries, on our confusion, on our doubt, on our struggles, on our circumstances, because he does not want us to redeem the time. He does not want us to make the most of our time. He does not want us to grow close together. It is our trouble that the enemy uses to captivate and imprison our time. It is our decision to give thanks and steadfast love of Christ, and this releases our time to be used as something holy and beautiful. It is our thanksgiving that turns something ordinary in our day into something extraordinary for God and for others. In the midst of the mourning of Lazarus' death, Jesus turns his eyes to heaven and he gives thanks to God. And then he commands Lazarus to come out. In John 6, before Christ, he had 5,000 people, hungry people, five loaves of bread and two fish. And he took this meal and he lifted his eyes to heaven and he gave thanks to God. And then he fed 5,000 people. 
with five loaves of bread and two fish. And they had their fill and then some, and there was some left over. The loss of a friend, the need for provision in our life, for protection in our life, gives us opportunities to redeem our time. Our thanks to God redeems our time and it removes hindrances in our lives so that the Holy Spirit can have His way with us, so that the Holy Spirit can sanctify us and set us apart to glorify God and edify others. Remember when I said redemption is always costly to the person doing the redeeming? To redeem time, we are called to lay our life on the altar of God with all of our treasures and time and talents, and to say, I offer this to you to be used according to your pleasure. I will not use it for my own gain, but I will use it rather for yours. The beauty of redemption is that when something is redeemed, it is set free to be exactly what it was designed to be. If you remember the story of the prodigal son, there was a son, there was a man who had two sons, and the father divided his property among his two sons. The younger son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. When he came to his senses, in his grief and shame, he returned to his father. And that day that he returned, there was great celebration and feasting, a restoration to the way that things ought to be. The story says that when the son came back, they began to celebrate, but it does not say when they stopped. I believe that as we redeem the time and make the most of it and give thanks to God in any circumstance, we are setting our time free to be used exactly as it was designed to be used. And in heaven there is celebration, there is excitement, there is praises for that. There never seems to be a convenient time for us to make the right decision, to make that sacrifice, to lay on the altar before God our time, our treasure, our talent. There never seems to be the perfect moment to make things right, to mend that relationship, to trust in God. And knowing the right thing to do is being smart. But knowing the right thing to do and the right time to do it, that is wisdom. And Paul tells us to be wise to act wise, to make the most of our time. So where we go from here is to count every day as a blessing from God. To realize that we are stewards of God's time. That because God has purchased us, we belong to Him, and everything that we have belongs to Him. We're caretakers of that gift. When Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, he taught them how to pray. A prayer is recorded in the Psalms by Moses in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, and I'll read it for you. He says, Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. To teach us to number our days so that we can know how to walk wise, so that we will not waste our time, so that we will recognize that we are stewards, caretakers of that gift. And for fathers, I want you to know that there is opportunities to redeem the time that you have, to regard in your home the things more important that are living rather than the things that are dead, to realize that time goes so fast, to make the most of the time that you have with your wife and your kids. And children, I once thought that 
my time that God would start the clock on me when I got to college. That really, time really didn't matter all that much until I got to college. And then when I got to college and got through college, I thought, well, the time will start when I get a family. And there's always that opportunity to say, well, time really hasn't started for me yet. God is not keeping track yet. It's like they always say in, in school with your grades, oh, it, your grades don't count until you get to high school. Oh, grades don't count until you get to college. They count. Time counts right now. And you are not too young to redeem the time that you have right now. You're not too young to make the most of your time today because God has given you today. And friends, an ill-spoken word is a wasted word. We are charged and encouraged to speak to one another with spiritual songs. And this is a spiritual discipline that does not come easily. It comes from the love in our heart. We are charged to live and act and speak as people that do not, the people that belong to God, His possession, rather than people that do not know God, that go about their day doing whatever seems right in their own eyes. So I encourage you and, and myself as we go from here to redeem today, to make the most of our time, to be excited about the opportunity to give thanks in what we do, to find comfort from His Word and from the Psalms as David praises God for His steadfast love, to find God's faithfulness and His love and comfort in all that we do so that we could build one another up and glorify God. We pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we love you so much. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come confidently and boldly before your throne with the honor that we have received from Christ. We thank you that we do not have to be shamed and guilty before you when we come after making mistakes, but we come to you forgiven. We come to you with blessing. Father, we recognize that in our lives we have all been prodigal children from time to time. We have squandered our gifts and wasted our time. Pray that you would restore to us the years that the locusts have eaten, that you would restore and reconcile to us relationships that have gone bad because of a misuse of our time, that you would set us free by your blood to be your children, to be with you, and to enjoy this day. Pray that we would set aside this day and tomorrow and the next to honor you, to give thanks to you, and to enjoy you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.